0: everyone this is the king rock podcast we have another awesome guest for you guys lined up uh everybody welcome steve rawls from belvedere thank you for having me hello everyone yeah yeah thanks for uh thanks for jumping on man it's uh really Mm -hmm. cool to have you dude
1: it's nice to be here man thank you
0: yeah you got a lot of stuff going on like this week too man you you're shuffling off real quick
1: (laughs) yeah yeah we fly to toronto and then we uh, meet up with our bass player who was out there and then we're down uh, we start in detroit And we carry around for a two week tour in the Northeast and
0: Midwest Uh, for the first
1: time in a long time.
0: 13 13 shows lined up, right?
1: Yep. Yeah, no days off. Um, I'm going to see how many times I'm going to see how many times I can. I'm getting towards my late 40s now. So I just kind of think in my head that I'm in my 20s. I can still do 13 shows in a row. We'll see. The boy still carries forward by the end of it.
0: (laughs) Yeah, dude. Uh, So yeah, you guys started in 95. How old were you when you started?
1: I was. 18 or 19, so yeah, I just got out of high school, um, and yeah, just started playing shows, uh, which was kind of unexpected anyways, I thought it was just going to be this kind of like fun, you know, just sort of jam band, and and didn't think it would actually go anywhere, but um, originally I started a record label, and thought I was going to be kind of like the label guy behind all the bands, and then um, got some good feedback, and and then once I started playing shows, it was just like a, a, a switch went on, and then that was it.
0: Here I am. That's cool, man. How did you get started into it? Like, how did you get? How did you get into punk? Like, and how? Like, you're in Canada, man. Like, how did? Is the scene? Yeah. How is the scene up there, especially in like '95?
1: Yeah, I mean, it's like every city's different, right? Montreal is very different yeah. from Toronto, from Calgary, from Vancouver. So it's kind of like how it is in the states. Everything is really you know spread out and different. Mm-hmm. I mean, I started going to shows in about '91. So I was just getting, I think I was 14 or 15, just kind of getting into high school and had some friends that I I think a year earlier, they, we'd done this order with, with SST and lookout. And so I was getting all these like, oh wow, all these old records, dead Kennedys and and some early bad religion. And that's really, you know, the bad religion Pennywise kind of, that kind of led me down a certain kind of path and that's really how I got into it. But as far as shows go, um, you know, we'd we'd have this little club called the Black Lung at the Black Lounge at the university, and we would just take the train down and go every Friday. And it didn't matter whether it was punk or alternative or indie rock or whatever; everything was just yeah. alternative back then, right? Um, and so we didn't have the time we didn't even know the band. So um, that's where I got to see early, you know, sort of shows in in the early nineties. And um, one of the the bands that I I kind of got on with really early on and loved seeing was Chicks Dig It and mm-hmm. SNFU and those yeah. bands just seemed so like it just kind of like you know got the wheels going in your head a little bit like wow like maybe i could do this too you
0: know yeah you know what i, I mean you're you're just a little bit older than me i got into the scene probably like 95 96 and i was about yeah. 16 17 15 yeah somewhere around there and um that's how i felt also like um, my my friend brought over an album and it was voodoo glow skulls and yeah. it was uh, who is who is this is and i mean i was like that was like dude what is this Mm-hmm. This is something I've never heard before. I mean, I like my friends have played me some other stuff before too, but it was like when, when I showed voodoo and they were like, dude, they live in Riverside. They're only like a yeah. couple of cities down. So like, this yeah. is something that's like here and doable. It's not like, you know, guns and roses. Who's playing like stadiums at the time or whatever. Yeah.
1: It was always the lyrical content. I mean, I liked, I liked suicidal tendencies and yeah. you know, some early metal back then, but um, so that was kind of my first sort of introduction to thrash, you know? Yeah, yeah. Um, but um, definitely, like, as we started getting into, into, you know, those kind of bands of bad religions and stuff like that, I started viewing that kind of music. It just felt like it was speaking to me because there was, you mm-hmm. know, real content to the lyrical, you know, to the lyrics. And, um, yeah, I was hooked. And when you know, from, like, kind of that 91 to, to 94, it was just kind of this really DIY kind of underground thing. You know, the biggest show I saw was SNFU was like 500 people or something. And then I remember in 94, that fat records wave kind of came in, you know, no effects came in with face to face opening and there was a thousand people there and it was 10 bucks for a ticket. And I couldn't believe that a thousand people in Calgary would go see a band like no effects. At that point, I'd only really listened to, you know, I think that was may 94. So they hadn't even put punk and drug out. So, I mean, Ribbed was heavily on rotation at that time, and yeah. then you see these bands, you're like, "Wow, this is bigger than I thought." And then you know the wave of that kind of came afterwards. All those fat records bands started touring through. Propaganda got huge, lagwagon got huge, and it was just uh, it was wild there for a little while.
0: I love how you guys, the Canadians, you guys say propaganda, and if yeah. we say propaganda down here. It's so like it's cool, and there's like always like a conflict of how do you really say it? It's like we
1: you know, we say we say want. both. Cause like I, yeah. I, 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 it depends on what day it is like me and salsa and salsa, you know, I just kind of like <laughs> yeah. whatever, whatever comes out, you know? So I, I I'm more, you
0: know? <laughs> yeah. That's cool. That's cool. Dude. Yeah. That's, uh, that's cool that you guys, that how how you mentioned um like Bad Religion and Pennywise. Cause I feel like you're, you're such a good mix of both. Like you have the, the harmonies of Bad Religion and you guys have like that just straightforward punk rock, like, like in your face, Pennywise kind of like style. Like that's a good. I I say it's a really good like mix of you guys, but I mean like, there's so many other bands that you could say that you sound like too. Like, um, but they've come along after also. Mm-hmm. I feel like you guys were, I mean, you guys were doing it. You guys were doing like uh, a Wilhelm scream before you know, <laughs> like maybe before they were around. So well,
1: they're pretty awesome and good friends. I love those they're guys. So good. Um, yeah, I, I I remember getting like their first demo tape from a friend of theirs uh, back when they were smacking Isaiah, and just even then it was so good and just like, okay, these guys are, 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 in, this is my ballpark. I love this shit, you know? Yeah. Um, yeah. but for, for us, yeah. like, you know, we were touring the States a lot in the nineties and, you know, SNFU was always like kind of there as like sort of a reference for us, you know, mm-hmm. like sort of that like, you know it makes you like it's it's great sounding music, but at the same time, it's so dissonant and sort of just offside. Sometimes it just makes you feel kind of almost bad, you know. yeah, and yeah, I, yeah. and I love it, you know, like that's yeah. So that really hit us hard. And I think like RKL was a really big one for us. Too. oh, that's like a the mely yeah. guitars. I mean, that's where you know when we started as a band, it was kind of very straightforward, kind of simple pop punk. But. Once we started listening to that kind of stuff, and that became more an influence in the band, the metal, the jazz, there was lots of stuff that kind of came in with our band. But RKL and SNFU were, were were pretty good blueprints for us for for a long time.
0: Yeah, that makes a lot of sense. And then, like, even like Lagwagon and Strung Out, I could see like the correlation there, too. It's like kind of yeah. like you guys kind of do like a metal, little metal, a little bit punk. And uh, just with those harmonies, dudes, I, I love it. Thanks man. and Appreciate And that. not only that, but the 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 song titles you guys have are like <laughs> bar none the best. I mean, I, like Red, Red City Radio has some cool ones, but I think I think you guys. I mean, you guys are way before them too. Like, so I think you guys started the cool the cool name titles. <laughs>
1: <laughs> we stole some things. We stole some things from from SNFU for sure. Like the uh, oh yeah. yeah yeah um you know even like the album titles like they I, they always had like seven word album titles and we, yeah. You know, pretty early on after our second record, we're like, oh, we're already fitting this format accidentally. So let's just go with it, you know, like five words, six syllables.
0: Yeah.
1: Like, and we we still to this day do that like seven records, six, seven records later. So,
0: yeah, the album titles are sick. Uh, you know, what's weird is I saw that you guys have seven albums, but the last one you guys did is Hindsight is Six Cents.
1: Yeah. So, so it's that, actually it's six full length records, but we have a yeah. split CD that we did oh, with okay. our friends Downwave. Cool. So it was oh, only okay. five songs, so it's not really like our full length, you know what I mean? So we called okay, it, got home, it Home Ice Advantage, so yeah.
0: Oh, see, yeah. Well, I'm glad I asked that because I was I was like wondering, I was like... Yeah,
1: we're oh. behind by one.
0: <laughs> <laughs> it was kind of like when Fat Mike was, he came out with the, what, the 30 years of Fat Records and it was like the wrong year. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> He's like, that that 20, this is the 29th year or something like that, yeah. Yeah,
1: there's a lot on people's plates for sure.
0: That's cool, man. Yeah. I'm, yeah, I'm really stoked to see that you guys are playing. I, I was like, I'm really contemplating on driving out to Camp Pumpsylvania for yeah. that show. I mean, That'll it's like fun. all the way across the country, but yeah, it's yeah, a good one, I mean, man.
1: I I feel you. We've done some monster drives. I don't know if I'd drive 50 hours for a festival, but you know what? Maybe I, I would.
0: It's like, I drove to Denver, which is kind of far for to see jawbreaker face to face descendants yeah. and Sam I am open. Yeah you it. Dri- yeah, you'd so,
1: definitely drive for that that's that's yeah, what's drive
0: yeah. oh dude like Sam I am is the opener of any show like that's you gotta be there. <laughs> I don't even care who I the rest I played with is Sam
1: for. I am I played with Sam I am once in Switzerland and it was like such a joy just to see yeah. a band like that especially in a cool place like that too. It wasn't with Belvedere it was with my other band this is a standoff but like what a what a fun time and just like what a great band.
0: Yeah. Oh, dude, this is a standoff is really dope, too, man. I love that Thanks, fucking man. name, too. That's a cool name. Thanks. Yeah. It's like you really take. you really like don't take a day off on any of the you know, like the little details and all stuff. I, mean, I, I really appreciate that as a fan of like punk rock. <laughs> a lot of people just yeah. put shit out and like don't really, you know, oh, here's the title.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: But it seems like you really think about it.
1: Yeah, we agonize over it.
0: <laughs> yeah, do you get to that yeah. point where you like that's all you think about all day? Like when it comes to like a song title or album title?
1: Not so much the song titles, but we really go back and forth with the album. Actually, I spent weeks trying to narrow down a good uh, album title for the last one for hindsight, and then I went in the studio, yeah. and Casey was like, "Oh, how about hindsight is the sixth sense?" And I was like, "Well, thanks for that. That's that'll yeah, probably <laughs> that'll probably work." Glad i wasted two or three weeks so um <laughs> he, he has a he has a pretty good knack for that kind of stuff
0: yeah that's cool well, every time i try to start a band and it's like trying to think of the band name it's it's like the worst thing for me ever because i'll yeah i can't even like i look at everything in the room and i'll be like oh the fucking microphones or you know like yeah. just stupid shit over and over
1: I can't, I, please, band, <laughs> I can't comment on come
0: up with something.
1: I can't comment on bad names because Belvedere is probably the most generic name ever. And and you know, there's been lots of bands that haven't bothered to go on the internet and have named their band Belvedere. So it's uh, <laughs> it's definitely been like a name. If I could go back and thought and and tell myself when I was 18, hey, you're actually going to do something with this band, you should probably come up <laughs> with a better name. But it's stuck, you know, and here we are.
0: That's one of the questions I had actually. It was like um, if you look back. At your past, do you have anything that you've? Because I, I just talked to Diesel Dave from Diesel Boy, mm-hmm. yep, and he was kind of like a little cringed out on his own song about Drew Barrymore. Right, <laughs> he was like, yeah. he was like, dude, I'm blushing right now. I can't believe I wrote that song. Like, yeah. So, I was, is there anything that you've like in the past that is either like kind of cringy for you, or or something that even maybe you've been like super impressed with that?
1: Just like that I mean. Of? the the i mean the band name I and mean, what are you going to do right it's like lots of bands like don't like their own band name but only because just belvedere on its own is kind of used in so many things like in you know alcohol and cigarettes yeah. and places, there's places so many places around the world called that mr mm-hmm. belvedere that's where we got the name of it was from yeah. the film mr belvedere right yeah and so i'd like to have a little distinction because um, there's a lot of kids that have started bands named Belvedere in the meantime, they try to change the the the, the lettering, you know, oh, yeah. I in there and it's like, it's still like, you know, and mostly just because I don't want people to get confused. But so that would be my big regret. My seven year old kid okay. has three bands. They haven't written mm-hmm. a song yet, but he's got three bands. <laughs> And he, <laughs> his band name is called Death Snakes, and I'm like, why where were you oh, we 30 years ago? That's so rad. Death so my seven year old kid, my seven year old kid came up with a better band name than I did. So there you go.
0: I look personally, I'm, I mean, I'm from the 80s, so mm-hmm. Belvedere hits home for me, and that was like one of my favorite shows. Yeah, and it not only that, but it had a killer theme song.
1: Yeah. <laughs> so, so, but yeah,
0: no, I yeah, I get it. Like when even like looking up your, the name, but I mean. Like you couldn't have thought, like in the on the internet, like we're gonna look up, you know, you no, have to put like it
1: was internet, no, yeah, exactly. No, I, You'd
0: have to put like Belvedere Punk after it, instead, you know, like, yeah, and, yeah. You look up Belvedere, it's like it's the first thing that pops up. Obviously, is the vodka or like the mm-hmm. the, the city in California or the shoe. Yeah, that's <laughs> right. Like,
1: well, you yeah. know what's funny is you know, and and you're right. Like there wasn't. I mean, at the time I started, I think I was in college. I was going into college, and I. I got my first email then, like like my my college email, oh, wow. right? Yeah. So I didn't have a personal one. There was no Hotmail. There was no
0: yeah,
1: MSN. I, what was it? What was it to begin like the MSN message something like that, right? AOL, yeah. right? Yeah. So I didn't have any of that stuff. And so when we were booking tours, especially to the states, I go on Book Your Own Fucking Life. I get the the magazine from Maxim Rock and Roll in San Francisco back in the day, and it yeah. would be the year the yearly Book Your Own Fucking Life. And I would I would send out demo tapes to to promoters and book shows that way, like, you know, four months out. And then a month later, somebody would write you back and say, Hey, here's my phone number. Call me. And then I call them. And then like, we'd set up a show in a basement for 10 people, you know?
0: Yeah. (laughs) I mean, that's how you guys did it back then. I remember, I remember, I mean, I I lived at the showcase theater in Corona. So it was like any bands that came through there. And and then that's how you just get to know all the other bands. Like, you know, those bands that bring on the, the, the starting bands and then i mean then we had all the like compilations back in the day yeah and that's how you'd like learn what the other bands are and then you'd go and read the band liner notes and see who they thanked and then you know like i mean especially where we were
1: especially where we were up here if you got a record from epitaph you would look at the you would look at they'd send you a little mail or a thing or if it, you know lookout or sst or one of those labels dr strange or whatever and yeah you'd get, you'd get and then you just take a guess you'd be like all right well down by law that sounds like a fun <laughs> band let's check it yeah. out they haven't been to calgary here yet yep. um and that's how we we got a record collection or, or you know or tape collection and we would someone would buy one and he'd buy this one and she'd buy this one and then you you know tape tapes for each other and then everybody would have every, all the music oh my through.
0: god yeah. yeah
1: you know and then and then like eventually these bands started touring through you you yeah. you'd do these mail orders to epitaph and then all of a sudden like you know down by law would come through like holy crap down by law is coming through and and so yeah. we got to the point for even up here in canada as remote as we are canada especially in the 90s had a very supportive scene so band once bands came up here it mm-hmm. was on they, they just kept coming up here because it was it was really good for a lot of them so we would see on a summer we'd see You know, Tilt and Diesel Boy and Bracket and, you know, Down by Law and, you know, Strung Out and Lagwagon. It was just like constant. There was always like one or two pretty big shows each week.
0: Yeah, that's awesome, dude. Yeah. Yeah, I always wondered like what the other scenes would be like in other cities, like try to imagine that like growing up. You kind of always try to figure it's like the same, but it's, I mean, it can't be the same,
1: so. Well, we're spread out, right? Like, we don't, you know, the biggest thing, the biggest thing with bands in my city, like Calgary's got 1.4, 1.5 million, I might be wrong on that, but around that. So we're a decent sized city, Edmonton's got just over a million, and that's only three hours north. But after that, you've got Vancouver, which is 12 hours away, and then a bunch of small towns on the way. You've got Winnipeg, which is 13 hours to the east of us, and then a bunch of, you know, a, a handful of small towns along the way. After you yeah. get past Winnipeg, it's like 10 hour drive to Thunder Bay, uh, eight hour drive to you know, to get to Toronto from my house is 40 hours of driving. So um you have to really, you know, there there's there's all there's enough people, but there's not a lot of places that size, you know what I mean? Like so it's good yeah. to play Calgary and Edmonton, but get ready for an eight hour drive afterwards.
0: Wow. Yeah, that's that's hardcore, man. Yeah. I I went on tour with the last gang on the yeah. punk and dreblick tour. Mm-hmm. And it was like we hit The first show was in El Paso I think that one got canceled and then there was like one in like or no Austin got canceled uh, and then El Paso and then they had like side shows it was like up through Kansas and then Missouri and it's like if we didn't drive through the whole day like the next show was in like Virginia yeah so it was like if we didn't drive through that whole night and day it was like we would have missed soundcheck and we didn't even think about it really we just drove like we were just like oh I guess we could drive yeah. and yeah man like how spread out even like uh, the United States is it's I can see why a lot of bands just stick to like playing California or, you know, just that some routes and stuff. But
1: I remember, I remember we we did a full tour with bad religion and strung out across Canada in 99 and we're in Winnipeg and you kind of think like, of course you don't have, there's no Google maps. You're not really measuring distances. You're kind of looking at a map. Yeah. You know, once you get around the great lakes, it really slows down. And so it Uh, does take quite a long time. So I'm thinking, okay, well about every seven or eight hours we're hitting a city here. So after Winnipeg, it must Toronto must be coming up in like 15 hours or something like that. And it was like 20 some hours. We, I remember we had this show booked just before the Toronto show with them, just us. And we missed the show because we were totally, oh. we were like going to see the first like star Wars, like when it came out, we're like taking uh. our time, you know what I mean? And then <laughs> yeah, I'm like, yeah. holy shit, I don't think we're going to make it here. And we missed uh. the show and, and then we played with, with them the next day. And so, I mean, yeah, I learned pretty quickly that um, that you need to do your research as a band um when you're, when
0: you're touring yeah back then man it must i don't even i i don't even understand like i was a pizza boy in like 96 and yeah. i had to use maps and i quit like two days later because i was like fuck this man like yeah now if i had a gps too. though everything yeah. would have been a lot different i heard well, you I... I heard you say in another podcast that you guys kind of broke up because you guys didn't have gps or something like that or you guys would to stay together yeah. if gps would have been around
1: Especially in Europe, because what we would do is we'd go, okay, it's going to be five hours. So if you know you're, especially in the in the spring and summer, if you know you're Europe, you need to leave more than five hours because it's a gong show as far as like, you know, traffic yeah. goes. We would get, we'd leave an hour early because we'd always get to the city. We'd have uh-huh. an address and some directions, but it was like paper printed up directions. <laughs> and then we'd spend an hour trying to talk to people in German or Spanish or French or whatever country we were yeah. in. And that's how we would get to the show every day. So after a month of that, just this constant stress and arguing, I just think if we'd taken that away and just rocked GPS, we probably would have slept more. We probably would have fought less. Oh, Um, man. It probably contributed to it.
0: That's crazy. (laughs) That's crazy to think about something like that.
1: Yeah. Yeah. I mean, you know, we split up in 05 and we were split up for about eight years and um, there was definitely more to it than that. But, you know, yeah, like. When you're just like, like we weren't booked by big booking agents. People weren't telling us what to do. We were just trying, yeah. you know, we were just like a small band yeah. from a small city. So we didn't have this industry around us. We didn't have labels and agents, you know, it was like you, you couldn't get signed as a band in Calgary. You had to go to California and, yeah. you know, East Coast and Europe and you had to do this all yourself. So we, we had certainly like smaller labels like Jumpstart Records and the Union Label Group in Canada that helped us piece together some of the stuff. And we took these little baby steps, but there was no big... Leap for our band. It was always just like, yeah play with these guys, make some new fans, stay at their stay on their floor. And so when you it's start like, doing these bigger shows and festivals, and everyone's coming out to these shows, and you're like, I've slept on your floor, I've slept on your floor, I've slept <laughs> on your floor. And it kind of, I like, I like that though, you know? Yeah, yeah, totally. Time. I like. It's hard at the time, but 30 years later, you go, well, we've built this community around yeah. us. You know, the mm-hmm. community's there, but we've built this really cool connection with 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 the community. Um, yeah as opposed to just like, you know, playing a huge show, having a hot video and then away you go, right?
0: Yeah, I think that's a that's one thing that's really missing is like the whole sleeping on the floors and, and just being the community that it used to be. Like there's, I feel like there's, there's a divide kind of in the community right now, but it's, I don't know. It's just like kind of high school kind of bullshit. But it's like, I feel like we had more of a community back in the day, like in the 90s. Mm. And I feel like now it's like, I, maybe there's maybe just too many genres like trying to like come together. I don't know. I don't know what it is. But yeah. It seems like a, a small, it doesn't seem as communal as it did back in like 95, 96.
1: Yeah. I mean, there's probably a million reasons for that. I, I don't know if I see. I don't, I, I cause I book in a lot of different countries and cities and stuff. I try to stay away from the drama. I try to yeah. just like make peace with everybody and try to work <laughs> it out. You know what I mean? Yeah, um, yeah. But yeah, I mean, I think just like, our kind of music our kind of scene is older right and mm-hmm. you know unless you have like the warp tours and all those european festivals bringing in that that sort of new crew every year the crowd's really just getting older and maybe yeah. maybe maybe there is that competition because people can kind of see that they've got more behind them in front of them in terms of their musical career and so mm-hmm. maybe there is that kind of you know stakes are higher people have kids people have houses and all that stuff Yeah, and, you yeah. know when you're kids when you're kid and you start a punk band it's not about that it's about like you know fighting for something and going out there with a group of people and trying to like get somewhere in the world right yeah um but i guess we could probably talk about that i'm sure each each scene has its reasons why it's sort of having more why it's more divisive but divisive but it's um i think yeah i mean i just feel really lucky that in my you know i'm closer to 50 than i am 40 (laughs) yeah and i'm still playing (laughs) music that i liked when i was 18 so that's awesome and
0: that is awesome man
1: and not only that but i'm i'm being able to do that in 40 different countries and there's probably more that are going to come up here in the next little while um so i i try to just look at it as as glass half full you know i'm just glad that like this music's endured it still feels fresh with new bands coming up and uh yeah just keep swinging
0: that's cool man yeah like going along with that um yeah, had a question about um, I mean, you've done a lot. You've had a long career, like since I mean, dude, ninety five is a long time. Mm-hmm. And um, is there any been has there been any bands that you have not got to play with yet, or like some that you've missed out on, or like even like seeing seeing a band or but I mean maybe mostly like playing or like or like that you'd want to tour with.
1: I mean, not, not so much in the, I mean, I've been really lucky. Like we've, yeah. we've been able to tour with all the bands that I idolize as a kid. We've, mm-hmm. we've either played shows or toured with them. And that feels amazing. Um, yeah. I still want more of it though. <laughs> you know, yeah. Um, i can't think of anything in kind of that sort of punk genre i mean there's always like the big rock bands that would be like oh it'd be cool if we played with aerosmith but you know it wouldn't work yeah right, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> right? that's but, yeah. you know or, or Foo fighters or something you know some something that's maybe a little closer to us but i i, I feel that like um yeah yeah I, I don't know i feel pretty good where i'm at
0: that's cool man yeah i was talking talk to diesel dave and he was saying uh he was like same thing. Like he couldn't really yeah. think of anyone. He was like maybe like Metallica. I'd want to play yeah. with, you know, like. Yeah. I guess that makes a lot of sense too. Like, I mean, from '95 on, I mean, you've had to have played with everyone. <laughs> like I can't. I and yeah. I, even doing my research for this too is like, I saw I watched a couple of YouTube videos where you sang with. There's one you sang with Tony Sly. Mm-hmm. You go, that's that's like that's like the coolest shit ever and then like there's one where you like chris creswell came up and sang with you like mm-hmm. those two those two are like probably my favorites, dude.
1: <laughs> yeah i mean no no use in us i've had a, a pretty good history together we one yeah. of our first our first europe tour we played two shows with them and pulley in switzerland and uh and then, then pulley ended up taking us to europe the next year which was super rad and now we're and now i book pulley in canada which is dude, so I'm...
0: good yeah so good.
1: Um, And I did an acoustic tour with 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 um, with Tony. Um, oh wow! With, with Russ Rankin, and, and that's where that video came out. We, yeah. we did about ten shows in Ontario and Quebec, and uh, he passed away within the year, I think. After yeah. that, so yeah, oh, it, dude, that sucks. It, it, yeah, it, it was it was hard at the time, and it's still hard now. It's hard to see that video because yeah. <laughs> there's oh, a few I, out there. And
0: I we we, can had a, imagine. we had a blast. Yeah,
1: yeah, we had a blast I, together, and he was he was a yeah. kind and he was as cool as everybody thought he was. He was he was yeah. the best.
0: Mm -hmm. that's the thing too is like i never got to meet him but he's such a strong influence for me it's like i can't watch those videos myself even the one of you playing with i'm like fuck man this is hard dude like
1: yeah it it just is it took us a while it took me a while to listen to no use for name after he passed away and it took yeah double the time to listen to his acoustic stuff because it's just like you Uh, just have to you just you can't help it you have to react it's a friend and you miss him
0: yeah Oh, dude! There's if I watch any of the uh, like reunion stuff, like the the thing they did up in like San Francisco, the mm-hmm. that show, I can't yeah. even watch it, dude. Yeah, I'm just I ball, dude. <laughs> if yeah. if if ever I need to like cry for <laughs> something, uh, that's all I got to put that on, dude. Like n- easily. Yeah. No, I just but, feel um, thankful
1: that I I've been able to to run into him quite a few times on tour, and it's it yeah, he's very much missed for sure.
0: That's so that's so rad that you had that opportunity and like mm-hmm. just I mean you got I, like I'm you guys are just as good as them too it's like so that's really fucking cool man that would have been Thank such you. a cool fucking show to see uh like was, um, especially russ fun- too russ is a cool cool dude. yeah
1: it was awesome it was a really fun couple of weeks and one, one sh- we did a couple of shows with Lagwagon and no use in europe with this is a standoff i think we did yeah. three or four of them and uh there's like i remember playing milk Wag and in amsterdam and we played this crazy show in italy and yeah like those are just like those will never leave me you know those are great memories
0: dude that's amazing yeah it's it's cool like i've been a photographer for like the last like 10 years and like just shooting all the bands and it's like so incredible to get to meet like like people like you and like everyone i've met and it's like it's it's cool because like everyone who's who's like my friend and they're like oh dude i can't believe you get to meet these people and it's like i'm like i can't believe it you know it's like yeah it's it's so cool that like and it's everyone i've met has been so fucking cool there's not like one person that i could really be like well that guy was a dick you know like but i'm also i'm also very understanding too like i know a lot of people like shit on fat mike because you know like i've seen him walk through a whole festival and if he doesn't shake one person's hand that person will be like what a fucking dick and it's like he just shook fucking five thousand people fucking yeah, hands, dude. Like right. give the guy a break,
1: dude. Yeah, that's right. Not I mean like everyone's expected to be on all the time and sometimes, I mean, you know, who knows what people are, I mean, as a booking agent, I book almost twenty bands now. And I yeah. know the personal struggle and and the tragedies that happen to these guys while they're on yeah. tour. Um and they stick it out and it's like, man, yeah, you know, when someone someone passes away and they're still on tour and it's like, you know, and then you're expected to be this like, you know perfect person in front of somebody it's, yeah. it's tough yeah yeah
0: it's it's crazy it's it's really yeah like i mean i think that one show too like that i was talking about with that mike too he had just broken up with his girlfriend and he mm-hmm. had to walk through the whole crowd and like be fucking happy and and he's just getting on stage yeah and i was like dude that i have so much more like credit like give more credit to that dude after i saw that like yeah Uh,
1: yeah yeah. i mean you gotta strike that balance right like on the same on the same token people are there to see you and yeah you know yeah yeah i don't know too many bands that 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 don't feel this way but all these bands usually especially now appreciate Mm -hmm. this stuff so often so a lot of them really try And and if you know if you've interviewed a lot of lead singers especially when we're playing 13 shows in a row the worst thing you can do is go into the crowd and talk over another (laughs) band that's playing afterwards yeah you're not gonna have a voice a lot of us keep that in the back of our minds too those that try to 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 tough it out on tour so yeah it's just it's that give or take you try to go out there and and chat with people and like be really nice but sometimes you just need like you can't talk or you need your your alone time yeah it seems
0: like um your voice seems to get better and better too with every album it's like I heard you say you were doing like a lot of vocal practices. Like, have you always been doing like vocal, like warm ups and stuff, or is that like something new in the last? Like, I've been doing I don't know, it.
1: I've been doing it since 07. Okay. So uh, when Standoff was getting together mm-hmm. in that first record, that's when I started learning a lot about vocal technique, and yeah. I started realizing that in my late 20s, I couldn't just, you know. Get wasted, stay up all night, you know, scream at a bunch of people, and then wake up the next morning, and then oh, I feel great again.
0: Yeah, <laughs> yeah,
1: yeah. I started noticing in the late 20s that was starting to change a lot. I was like, okay, if I want to get serious about this, and I wanted to get better. I mean, I I think it, in that early 20s, mid 20s, I wasn't really taking care of myself, and I didn't, um, I didn't want to get better. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. You just yeah. kind of like. It, it, and then as time went on, I started taking pride in what I did, and and wanted to get better. So I mean, especially in the last 10 years, I've really tried to like make it a focus to you know I, I warm up three weeks before tours now like i spend okay. you know half an hour every day or every couple of days and just kind of like get myself up to that sort of you know where i'm ready to go otherwise if i was to just not sing for two months and then go on mm-hmm. tour i would lose my voice by day two
0: wow is there is there somewhat like some kind of like tips or anything you could give to like singers out there that want to like
1: I mean, like keep their of that... vocals up there's lots of that stuff out there but i got the zen of screaming from melissa cross okay so whatever that was however 2010 and it's they have different um versions of it now and it's just like they identify this well, they teach you certain techniques but they one of the best best things you can do is identify whether you're a bass or an alto or you know others you know find your range right and you yeah. kind of sing within your range and then it teaches you all these little steps you know the the, you know all that kind yeah, of stuff right yeah, yeah. in front of you there's 20 exercises or yeah. 15 exercises or something and i used to have it on an ipod but now i just have it in my head so i just kind of sing along in the car or go and find some go for a bike ride and, and warm up and then i do about 20 minutes of like actual like stage volume singing and then i you know again i can't just do that i have to like work up to that and then you know hopefully today i'm because <laughs> i'm leaving in two days um yeah I'm I'm pretty close to where I'm at right now with that, but thanks for saying. Yeah, it's it's a lot of work for sure.
0: Oh no, dude, your voice, your dude, your voice is fucking killer, man. Like one of one of the best, dude. Like thanks. But I, and it's so cool to see, like you get to do the the uke, the Mikey and the uke uh, shows. Yeah, those are fucking cool, man. uh and you guys, I mean, dude, you fucking nailed back to the Motor League. You even had the ending with the fucking stock personnel (laughs) it sounded like spot on man
1: that's a really that's a really wordy wordy um song and i think even though you sing it for 20 years it's like bad religion songs like i think we did this one like cover band where you do where we were were dad religion and we did no control from front to back we did this for like a, a, a girls rock camp charity and uh i was like oh i know that album so well and then you're Uh, going through the lyrics and you're like i know about half of this really well you know (laughs) i'm scatting my way through so that was kind of the same motor league it's like you know i knew the song i was singing along i get it i get all the context and then i start going through it it's like i need to put a sheet here and i need to sing along with this thing because i'm I'm gonna look like a fool if i just try to wing this in one shot (laughs) yeah
0: i saw i saw that you had the lyrics too and i was like i uh yeah propaganda song i mean any of those are fucking tough.
1: Well, and also like, you know, we don't have a lot of time to do this. We actually did actually yeah. did this a year before, but we had a short yeah. amount of time to, I had to jump in the studio, and do it for an hour and, and somebody film it and leave. So it wasn't like, you know, I didn't have like days to get this stuff all together right. So
0: Yeah, I did uh, I filmed my my buddy uh Adam from the Dickies, the drummer, and he did one yeah. for I forget what song they did. Yeah, I don't know. It just came out though and we recorded it like a year ago. <laughs> so yeah, I was like Yeah, yeah. They were yeah. like, we need it fast, but then it took a year. So I was like, all right, whatever, like it's cool. Yeah,
1: the first one I did was with um with was with uh, Roger from Less Than Jake, and we did uh, and and Matt from No Use and um
0: and punk rock was, uh, Punk rock elite.
1: That's right. Yeah, yeah. We yeah. did that, and then it was fun because it kind of you know Roger and I started talking again. We had done a, a, a Brazil tour many years ago, but hadn't yeah. really kept up, and so we started chatting like, hey, that was fun, that was rad, and then he sang on the new record that we did. Yeah, that's, that's how. Cool.
0: I- I've, I was gonna say like I I figured that that's how you like maybe like got started or or yeah. even like reconnected or whatever that's really cool you guys yeah, sounded yeah. like perfect on that shit man like not to like thanks keep stroking your ego or anything, no, but, no.
1: Dude, I, I mean Roger's awesome he's super fun and mellow yeah. and he just he has his own studio so he just like you know he was so great about it too because I was kind of like hey can you do this can you do this I was sending him like feedback and stuff it wasn't just like hey cool. I was like, hey, let's try this, try this. And he was just like, yeah, cool, man. Like, they would send me, like, different stuff, and um, he was into it. It was, it was awesome.
0: Yeah, you guys fucking nailed it, dude. Like, a lot of the, I like a lot of those Mikey and the Uke ones. I'm not a big um, cover song kind of person, but, like, I used to be, I used to love, like, Me First and the give but mm-hmm. I still do, but I don't know. There's something in the last couple of years where I'm just, like, I think it's just from, like, trying to start bands and, like, trying to do the whole thing and then, like, just Seeing people just cover like do whole covers of like shows, and I'm like, yeah. dude, like the band. Not only that, like some bands are still around that you're doing like tribute yeah, yeah. things too. It's, it's like funny. I don't know, man.
1: Well, I mean, at, I, at the time when we started doing over them, we were sitting on the couch doing nothing for a year and a half, right? So it was like, yeah, well, this at least gives me a reason to. Like I did this Disney um song Moana with uh, with Yes, yeah, That's that cool. You know, it's just like people were asking me to do stuff, and I was like, well, mm-hmm. I mean not doing anything else i can't fucking yeah sure. so like let's let's go in this you know, let's have a reason to go in the studio and, and do something you know so it yeah um, it definitely kept the creative juices going a little bit and then you know as, as as we sat there longer and longer and our tour dates got canceled with Belvedere, that's when we were like let's just let's just write a new record
0: yeah oh that's cool man and i think that that also helped out like so many of us at home just sitting yeah. there doing nothing it's like couldn't go see shows and like for most of us like that's all i do is go see shows yeah. so it's like missing that and then to have everyone come together and like even like work together and put like songs out and covers and all that shit was so fucking cool during the pandemic dude it was like yeah you can't we
1: you were, can't
0: stop this
1: <laughs> i was doing a lot of uh i was doing a lot of like acoustic stuff with like manchester punk festival we did something yeah. a spam uh fest in austria and so you know there'd be like they would just flip on and just sit there and play in front of your computer and there were people all over the world playing That's you know fun. and like i yeah. remember walt did something with like one week records and it was like joey yeah. and and you know walt and chris Cresswell and like all these people and it was just like so oh, yeah. great it just felt like okay at least at least i get to see my buds and at least mm. and, and not just see them but also see them doing what they love doing and so yeah, yeah it gave, gave you a little glimmer of hope because like you know, I mean, our industry, you know, live music was the first to shut down and the last to start. So yeah, um, yeah, it, it definitely kept the kept the wheels going for a little
0: while. That's cool. And uh, yeah, you put a solo album out in two thousand eleven. That thing's pretty fucking. Dope. Did you ever did you work on any of that one week records with uh, Joey Cape?
1: No, I didn't. Yeah, I put that out in two thousand eleven, and yeah. I toured all over Canada and Japan and Europe. And, that's uh, cool. I did that with my friend Josh, and I keep t- saying I should do a second record, but just yeah. like, like life gets in the way, so,
0: yeah, man, that'd be cool. Are you working on another album for uh anything like this is standoff yeah. or Belvedere
1: it's Belvedere yeah, there's yeah, well, I mean, I, I don't wanna say that we're writing an album, but we're like ideas are starting to get kicked around a little bit, so
0: that's cool yeah my my buddy, uh. Uh, shout out to Ruben Robago, dude. He's your number one fan, by the way. Cool. Any Anytime I get with that dude, he's always like, he's got to work it in somehow, man. Yeah. <laughs> yeah like <laughs> I did like a little documentary for that. Like I used to do like this little YouTube show and like document bands and ask him, you know, who's who do you like? I mean, everything he was, he was like, Belvedere. <laughs> That's cool. He's, and then I'd be like, anything else? He's like, Bel, just Belvedere. <laughs> just, <laughs> just say that. And I'm like, all right, cool. And so he asked, he wants to know, uh how come you guys don't play in california and we spoke before this a little bit and you have some some cool news to talk about
1: yeah i mean i'm starting to book something down there right now like i'm looking probably probably early 2024 probably probably february i we just have to kind of i like i'm leaving right away so i'm trying to get ready for this tour but i'm gonna start like i've already started chatting with people a little bit about it and as you you might know, it's a little tricky because Canadians have yep. to get work permits, so we got to do all yep. the stuff, contracts and all stuff. So we've got to make sure we get everything set. And, and uh, but yeah, I'm thinking probably February is a good time to to do that. Mm-hmm. So we're, I'd, I'd like to do a two week like total West Coast tour, like not just California, but like Arizona yeah. and Vegas, and you know maybe Portland and and Seattle, and and I'd love to hit Denver. Hopefully, we can do that as well.
0: Yeah, you got to hit Denver and Arizona, man. They got such yeah. a good scene over in yeah. both of those. I drive out to Arizona shows all the time, dude.
1: Yeah.
0: Yeah, they're so good. They 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 have so many good shows out there.
1: And oh, there's awesome. and there's
0: such a cool scene. Like I like their scene is really cool and I like San Diego a lot. Mm-hmm. Uh I'll I'll drive down to a San Diego show any fucking time. It's like two hours away, but yeah. I'll drive I'll drive to a San Diego show before I go to an LA show. And that's sweet.
1: That's cool. That's like uh, an we, hour haven't, away. we haven't we haven't played Phoenix since like probably two thousand. So it, yeah. yeah, we're definitely doing I book authority zero um in europe oh so, yeah 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 so I, I know i know the guys in the scene there fairly well but yeah it's been ages since we played there so yeah, yeah they,
0: they cool. got a, like authority zero down there they got venomous pinks right now and yep. they got um uh, this new band i mean they're kind of not they've been around for a couple of years but uh the let me downs yeah they're so good dude. <laughs> right on. you might know yeah, paul yeah. levesque from the let me downs he's he's been around in some in the scene for a while
1: yeah yeah but, the um, name sounds familiar for sure yeah
0: yeah yeah i'm sure if i like go on facebook i'll be
1: like oh
0: yeah, yeah that guy you know yeah yeah for sure but yeah man yeah. um if you guys if, when you guys have come down to california dude if you guys i've been trying to get Vance to come into the studio and do like an acoustic i've done yeah. a couple so far but man if you guys want to do that that'd be so fucking cool
1: yeah for sure we should totally talk about that that'd be awesome you're in Pomona, yeah right?
0: i i used to promote and i got i had to get out of it <laughs> yeah, yeah i, I mean yeah. you know how it is it's it's got to be the worst job in <laughs> i mean it's well, like there's there's no you just get shit on <laughs> like no matter what yeah. and it's like coming from all air er- it's all it's from all sides yeah so, i don't know yeah but even being like a photographer has been like shitty you know like yeah. I mean, just trying like I just want to go and promote like everyone. I just want to yeah. go and make everyone look fucking cool. And it's like getting shit from like promoters or, or like whoever's putting on the show. It's like I had to quit, dude. I like yeah. this last year. I was like, I'm done, dude. Like I, I don't yeah. need to jump through hoops. But
1: yeah, I mean, I mean, that's too bad to hear that. Like I know, you know, when you, generally like in the festivals in Europe and stuff, there's a real. Big, yeah. I feel like things are pretty. You know, it's a little bit more holistic and collaborative i find that like we have there's a ton of photographers there the promoters all know each other the the bands like in the festivals too like you'll you'll set up this festival twenty thousand people in the middle of a farmer's field and all the people in the town will come out to volunteer for it so like you'll have like somebody's grandma you know like at the catering like spoon and food for you know all the (laughs) bands so cool it's rad so it's a bit of a different thing there um I, I do see a little bit less competition about that, but I'm sorry you have that, you had that experience and yeah, I mean, I think everyone's different, man. Like I know, yeah, yeah. you know, some, some promoters are like the kids that or I didn't say kids, but just like the, you know, the, the fan that wants to do one show a year. And then you have the yeah. promoter that does 10 shows a week. And it's like trying to find your right, you know, the right spot for the bands with all of these people, and try to keep everybody happy, yeah. and make sure it's a good experience. So you can go back and do it all over again. It's, I've been, yeah. I'm a promoter as well too, so I get yeah. it. Like it's, you know, um, when it's great, it's you're the hero, but when it's not, you're, <laughs> yeah, it's it's shitty. And but it's barely,
0: yeah, it's very rarely that you're the hero too. It's like, I, it's like everyone wants everything from you. There's nothing really. The only people that really respect you would be like the bands or like the the venue they're yeah. the only ones that know what you did you know like right. everyone else is like well you just sold tickets to a show like congratulations like
1: yeah but when it goes bad you lose a couple grand you start questioning oh yeah what hell am i why the hell am i doing this so i do i do sympathize yeah,
0: yeah i've had to come out of pocket on a couple of shows and it was <laughs> like my wife was like you're this, this is it <laughs> like yeah. there's yeah. no more of this shit. <laughs> like
1: enjoy i hope you enjoyed your show
0: <laughs> oh, dude, we had this one big show at like uh the key club down in Hollywood and it was like working first time working with this big promoter. Yeah. She was like, if you got if you do this, then you can land this gig for like every Saturday. Sure. And then the band who was supposed to show up and sell all the tickets, they fucking got arrested. Quit sorry, band just, and all that. Oh, sorry, man, just that. yeah, yeah, yeah. No, yeah. No, yeah, like like I said, like it was just hard, man. Like that band got arrested and then they that night and then they they quit as a band and i never heard from them again and i came out like 700 dollars out of my pocket and i was like yeah that's it for me dude yeah i feel you but mean. um yeah i've been asked to like manage bands and stuff and i'm like nah i don't know like some bands there was one i wanted to manage last gang actually for a minute but i don't know <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> they were like no nah, that- dude we're good we're good
1: uh, yeah, I, I I booked the last gang in uh, in Canada. They're great. We've had them up in Canada a couple yeah. times, and yeah, it's it's they're we've actually had some, had them on some belvedere dates up here, and got to oh, hang cool. out with them. Hung out with them in Europe, did some shows together. They're great.
0: Oh, dude, they're the best. Yeah, mm-hmm. is like seriously. If you want to like go on a road trip anywhere, she'll talk your ear off about. She knows more music than anyone I've ever met. So it's like, and she and that's drives. So cool. Man,
1: she knows how to drive. She like she'll, drive. she'll put in the hours. It's funny. <laughs>
0: yeah that's what, that's what i was saying is like we we played they played like a gig in like lawrence kansas yeah and then we were like let's go let's just drive to virginia right now and we just drove but um yeah no she's like she's like i gotta be the driver and all it's <laughs> she's she's the general man for awesome. sure. uh i i mean it was so cool having you on dude i i know you yeah, got you this uh yeah 13 dates coming up dude that's a lot and you said mm-hmm. all in a row that's
1: Yep, insane, no day's no day's hopefully,
0: hopefully somehow I'll get the nerve to go out to Camp Punk, Punksylvania because the lineup is sick, dude. Like you guys, suicide machines, my homies in Bad Cop. Uh my homies and Doc Rotten is gonna play. So. Can
1: we shut the door? Yeah, it's a good lineup and <laughs> yeah. It's a good lineup, and yeah, if you can't make it out, then we'll see you down in Southern California here in uh awesome. twenty four.
0: That'd be killer, man.
1: Thanks for having me again. It's good to see yeah. you. Yeah.
0: If you got anything to plug, dude, just let me know. Um, just that you can send me the, you know, text or whatever with all this stuff and I'll plug it. I'll I'll, yeah, I'll so, you know, put out the flyer and all that for the, the new shows coming up.
1: No, that sounds good. Um uh, are we, we're off now?
0: Oh no, no, no. Oh, we're still going.
1: Yeah, we're still Um going. Yeah. Um I think yeah, I mean like our record's two years old, so I can't even like promote you know, hey, come see our new record. No, but anything. Well, I mean out.
0: go. Yeah, check it out. Anyways,
1: though. Yeah, check it out. Hindsight is the sixth sense, and um, it's really good. Thank you. And yeah, check us out, Belvedere Band, on all the socials.
0: Hell yeah, man! Thank yeah. you very much, dude. I really appreciate it.
1: Yeah, it's good chatting with you. Thanks for having yeah.
0: me. Yeah, yeah. Have a great, uh, have a great uh, upcoming shows. <laughs>
1: that sounds good, man. Take care.
0: All right, yeah. Have a good one. Peace. See you.